Welcome to the Transformed Teacher Podcast. I'm Meredith, and I'm here to help you thrive as an educator with less stress and more joy. If nobody else tells you today, you rock. Wait, who's that? Who is she? That woman in the mirror. Do you even recognize her? Where's that spark that used to be in her eyes? Why does she look so exhausted? so frazzled, so depleted. Could she be, is that really you? Yes, she is. She really is you. How did you get here? Maybe you've had a tough day or a tough week or maybe even a tough month or entire year. But that woman you're looking at in the mirror needs your help. And lately it seems you've been taking care of everybody else but her. But she needs you to pay attention to her now more than ever. She needs you to get real about what's happening when it comes to your life as a teacher and a person, and she needs you to do something about it because it's highly unlikely that anybody else is going to. She needs you to wake up and make a change. The question is, how? What's really going on? Now, I can honestly say that if I had to rate on a scale of one to 10, the way I feel most days in my job as a teacher, I'm usually at around an eight or a nine. On my best day, it's at a 10. On my worst day, it's at a four, five, or six. That doesn't mean I don't have stress. That doesn't mean I don't work really hard and care a ton about my students and the job I'm doing. But over time, I've had to learn the hard way how to work smarter instead of harder. And it was definitely not always that way. There was a time when I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize the face that was staring back at me. It was a woman who was filled with dread and anxiety. I had the Sunday night blues, but I had them every night of the week. And I'd try to escape from my stress that I was going through as a teacher in a glass of Marlowe or two, or the Wendy's drive-through. And there were times when I seriously questioned whether I was even cut out to be a teacher. Today, that's not my story anymore. Today, I walk into my classroom with a genuine smile that comes from within, that comes from true joy doesn't mean every day is perfect. It doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that I feel like I've got it all figured out because I don't and I'm continuing to learn. But the person and the teacher that I am today is completely different from that woman that I looked at in the mirror years ago, the woman who just didn't know what to do. If you're interested in learning how to reignite your own passion and joy as a teacher, and if you're interested in learning a little bit more about my journey, I'd like to invite you to register for my webinar, Reignite Your Passion and Joy as a Teacher with Less Stress and More Joy. It's free and registration has just opened today. I'm so excited about it. If you're interested in signing up, you can just visit www.thetransformedteacher.com slash webinar. That's www.thetransformedteacher.com slash webinar. 
But in the meantime, without further ado, let's get real and let's talk about what is stealing your joy and your passion for teaching. Because once we know our enemy, then we can get some clarity around what we can actually do about it. So in no particular order, here are 10 things that are threatening your passion and your joy for teaching and a little bit about what you can do about it. The first is that you have little to no time. Maybe you feel like you're sliding backwards more every day and you can never get traction. You're waking up to go to school every day and it used to be the source of your joy, but now it's just like preparing to go to battle another day. You may even be so stressed that it's to the point that you can't sleep. Or if you do, your sleep is filled with a lot of tossing and turning or maybe even nightmares. Maybe you have a lot of tension headaches or maybe you've put on or lost some pounds and you're not sure how it even happened. You have no time to plan or just recharge and that can be a real nightmare, especially if you're an introvert and you need that time alone. You feel like you don't have enough time to properly do the things the way you'd like to get them done. And it's really disheartening. You have only a few breaks and when you do get one, just when you settle in to get assignments graded or lessons planned, you're needed in another meeting. Or you hear your students trickling in down the hall and you know that it's go time yet again. But that feeling that you never have enough time doesn't end when the school day is over because it's the time commitments that extend beyond your teaching day. Maybe you're a coach or you're sponsoring a club or two or you've got to attend another committee meeting after school or maybe you're trying to plan a field trip which requires a lot of logistics and paperwork and receiving money and all kinds of things like that. There's just the list goes on. And when you finally do get home, there's still no downtime, especially if you've got kids and a spouse and pets who are hungry and wanting your attention and affection. You've got meals to prepare, lunches to pack. You've got dishes to wash, laundry to fold, maybe a broken appliance to fix, not to mention all of your social obligations invitations to RSVP to, phone calls to make, the list goes on. You just don't have enough hours in the day to get it all done. The second thing that's stealing your passion is pressure. Pressure is kind of like a lack of time, but it's this feeling that you are like a trained seal that everybody wants to direct and you don't get your own say-so in things. Maybe you feel like teaching is no longer the profession that you once admired and loved and wanted to go into. You feel like you're still giving it your all in the classroom and you really don't want to be one of those teachers who's just biding their time or who's just in it for the paycheck. You genuinely care about and love your students and you really want to take pride in the job that you're doing, but you're under all this pressure. You don't have as much freedom to teach because there's so much focus on data and standardized testing. And to be honest, you are absolutely sick of the emphasis on all the test scores over actual learning. You're sick of having no control over how and what you teach. You don't want to be commanded when you're supposed to teach. And all of those mandates seem to change every single year. Not to mention you get evaluated by your students' test scores, even if you teach students who never perform well on those high-stakes tests. 
And that's a little like blaming the doctor for a cold or blaming the dentist for cavities. And it feels unfair and you can't escape the pressure. There's just too much teaching to prepare students for the test and not enough teaching to prepare students for life. You would love to just have more time to let your students analyze and investigate and construct knowledge for themselves, but the powers that be just keep cramming more curriculum into your day, more students into your classes, and you are always expected to be flexible and you are always, always, always as a teacher having to be on. Everyone's watching your every move. Maybe you feel like your classes are too big, there aren't enough supplies, there isn't enough available technology, and it's just too much that's expected of you and too little to do it with. Or maybe just when you feel like you've finally mastered your content and you're an expert in your area, you get assigned to teach a brand new course. Or worse, you get assigned to teach courses you specifically requested not to teach. So all of this pressure just gets to be overwhelming and it steals your passion. The third thing that is threatening your passion and your joy for teaching is your schedule, your day. It's jam-packed. You've got to plan lessons, and not just any lessons. You've got to plan lessons that are rigorous and engaging and meaningful and hopefully fun. You've got to manage your classroom. You've got to be on top of what every student is doing. You've got to assess student work. You've got to contact parents. You've got to meet with parents. You've got to be available. You've got to attend all sorts of meetings. And you may even be expected to continue to handle extra obligations, and these are usually the ones that you're given because nobody else can do them or nobody else will do them. And all of this piling on of more paperwork and more responsibilities outside of your already huge workload of planning and grading and communicating, it just gets to be too much. And then let's talk about the meetings. There's the IEP meetings, the faculty meetings, the team meetings, the department meetings, the staff development meetings. There's meetings before school, meetings after school, meetings during your planning, even meetings during what's supposed to be your summer break. And you've also got duty. You've got hall duty. You've got cafeteria duty. You might even have athletic duty, have to take tickets at athletic events or artistic performances at your school. You're expected to be there. And then let's talk about the constant changes to your schedule and how much that can be crammed in to a day. All of these tasks that really don't have much to do with instruction, but they're more administrative. I'm talking about things like drills for fires or earthquakes or dangerous shooting or tornado. Um, I'm talking about meet class meetings, advisory, um, other things that are just not related to teaching, but you are expected to somehow make them fit into your day. All of these things are stealing your passion. The fourth thing is that you are carrying the weight of your student's performance on your shoulders. You care so much about your students and that's what makes you a great teacher. But sometimes you just don't know where the boundaries end because so much of what they do impacts you and their actions and their academic growth and their well-being always seem to come down to what you did or didn't do as their teacher. 
You never seem to have enough counseling services or support. Sometimes your students miss class because of home issues or emotional issues, and you don't have a lot of time to get to the heart of why that's happening. And maybe you just want to focus on teaching instead of having to be a counselor. And then sometimes your students get suspended and they miss your class and you have to help them catch up and that's more time that's out of your day. And you see what's happening and you know that it really comes down to inequity and you feel powerless to change it, which also stresses you out and makes you worry more about your students. And when your students show that lack of respect or they just show apathy or they're totally unmotivated or they don't have that sense of resilience that you're trying to cultivate in them, you get so frustrated because you are trying your best to motivate them and to coach them and to inspire them. But somehow their behavior always seems to get linked back to you. It's always somehow your fault. It's your job to change things. If a student is discouraged or disengaged, it's because you've done something wrong. And then there's the grades, and you have to do grades. You have to complete grades, that's your job. And when you finally have that great feeling that you're all caught up with grades, if you know what that feeling is like, because we're never really caught up with grades, but when you finally are caught up, what happens? Students start to argue with you about their grades, especially if you teach middle school or high school, or they bring their parents into it to argue with you about the grades. So you're expected to deal, to deal with all of this with grace. So you have to deal with attitudes and behavior that are not always stellar, but you are expected to be stellar. You have to deal with negativity, but you may never be negative yourself. That's the expectation. That's the weight that you're carrying on your shoulders and it's stealing your passion. Number five are all of the hoops that you have to jump through, the paperwork. Maybe it's all that you have to do to prepare for an IEP meeting and maybe it's filled with legal language that just seems like this gigantic puzzle that you'll never understand and you don't really want to understand it. And you feel demoralized because you have to jump through the hoop of clocking in when you're at work as if you're not already working countless hours outside of school. You have to document the hours that you work. You're treated like an hourly employee minus the overtime, but you're expected to work like a salaried employee. Or when you have to jump through the hoop of evaluations, and when you finally do get that evaluation back, you might be told that you're exceptional, but only in certain areas, and only if you do it exactly as they would do it. And they can be anything from an administrator or another colleague, or the latest and greatest research-based teaching method, whatever that might be. But you already have the research right there in your classroom. You already have the evidence of what will and won't work. You are the expert. You are the professional who's in that classroom every day. Nobody knows better than you. You're the professional, but you're not treated as one. So you end up having this feeling that you're never good enough and the hoops to jump through just seem endless. The sixth thing that's keeping you from your passion for teaching is the physical exhaustion. You feel like a workhorse. In most jobs, people are expected to work 40-hour weeks, but you work 50-hour week, 50 work weeks, sometimes even 60-hour work weeks. And it's not a sit-down job. It's a day where you're active and on your feet a lot, and that really wears you out. So you come home to try to get the work done, and you stay up late hoping to get caught up on all that there is to do. And when it's time to wake up the next day, you are exhausted. And maybe you even feel a sense of dread about all that was left undone from the previous day. 
And you know, as I said before, if you're competent, you're going to be asked to do more and pick up the slack that others have let slide. So the exhaustion wheel just continues. The seventh thing is that you are exhausted mentally. You might have to deal with meetings that completely drain your mental energy. Um, you might be drained from the endless to-do list in your planner and all of the things that are given to you to do from the district and the state. It might be just the, the fact that you have to know your content inside and out or the mental focus that's needed to assess student work or the mental focus that's needed to respond to students' questions. And if you think about it, how many times are you asked a question in a single day? I'd be willing to bet that it's at least 100, if not more. We teachers get asked so many questions. Our brains are required to switch gears so often throughout the day that it just becomes mentally exhausting. The eighth thing is that you are emotionally exhausted. Maybe you're experiencing depression from this feeling that you can't please anyone. You're trying as hard as you can, and you're just feeling like there are energy vampires who are stealing your emotional well-being. And maybe it's from having to work with a coworker who is draining, or maybe some coworkers who seem to live off of drama. Or maybe it's that feeling when you are so excited and, and feeling joy about a lesson. You're, you're so proud and confident about what you have planned. But then that confidence just totally plummets when somebody critiques you or tells you that you should do it better or smarter or their way. Maybe you're feeling emotionally exhausted because you're being micromanaged. Um, and that can be so disheartening. Maybe you're feeling emotionally exhausted and drained from seeing what your students are going through, or maybe from feeling disrespected by students. Maybe there are some disrespectful parents who are emotionally draining to you. Not to mention the society at large that doesn't really seem to value what we do as teachers. And when we can see that that is showing up in our paychecks, that's not only emotionally exhausting in our hearts. It's in our well-being. When we don't have the money that we need to live the life that we want, that just gets to be absolutely draining. Um, the ninth thing that's threatening your passion is that you are comparing yourself. And teaching can be so isolating. If we're lucky, we have colleagues that we're really good friends with and we can connect, but not every teacher has that. So you don't really know what happens in all the other teachers' classrooms because you're not there. It's all hearsay, and that can be super anxiety-producing. And it's one thing to compare yourself to the teacher down the hall, but in these days, we have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and you're bombarded with pictures of teachers and classrooms who are teachers who have turned their classrooms into these wonderful like coffee shop atmosphere things that you are just like blown away by and you wish that you could do it that way and you don't know how they have the time and the energy and the resources to do it and you start thinking gosh look at my room it's not as great as that or you just see like perfectly planned lessons perfectly behaved students and you know logically not to compare your insides to another person's outsides but the but the barrage of the images it just keeps coming at you every day and when you're just trying to make it through your day, it can be so overwhelming and it can feel demoralizing. The tenth and final thing that's threatening your passion for teaching is 
that you're not putting self-care first. And you know this, you know that self-care is important, but you don't know how to do it. You just don't see where you're gonna find the time. Maybe you've tried to take a mental health day, but you find yourself back at it the next day feeling no better than you were the day before. And you want more than just a pedicure or a facial or a walk outside to feel whole again. Maybe you've tried journaling and meditating, but you don't have that kind of time, and you're honestly unsure of how to relax to do it. Um, and you've tried to put better eating habits and better exercise in place, but it's just easier at the end of a hard day to turn to junk food as a way to cope with all of the madness of the day. And you see teachers who seem to have it all together, but you just can't remember the last time you truly felt that way. You don't know what that would feel like. You want to so desperately. So I want you right now to look that woman in the mirror, in the eye, and I want you to ask her what she wants. Like, I'm gonna give you a minute. What do you want as a teacher and as a person? Do you want to feel like you're doing what's best for your kids' futures? Do you want more time to plan creative lessons? Do you want to feel like you're more than just a score on the evaluation scale? Do you wanna make yourself the priority? Do you wanna regain control in your life and in your classroom? If you do, I'd like to invite you to discover and believe the gorgeous truth that you are enough. In my webinar, Four Ways to Reignite Your Passion and Joy for Teaching, I'm going to tell you the things that have worked for me and that I know can work for you. I hope to see you there. Just visit www.thetransformedteacher.com slash webinar. If nobody else tells you today, you rock, and I'll catch you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Transformed Teacher Podcast, and I'm so glad you took this time to tune in. If you'd like more strategies to help you achieve less stress and more joy as an educator, just visit my website, www.thetransformedteacher.com. Catch you next time.